This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. A review of Disney Fantasy this week from Sinithia and her family. I hope I pronounced your name right if I did. I am sorry. She did a seven night on uh, what was a Disney fantasy out of Port Canaveral. So excited to hear about that in just a couple of seconds because staff writer Richard Sims is at sea. He's over in Bermuda on a cruise ship right now. And I am in Montana hiking. So we're going to make things a little bit easier this week and jump right to the interview. Richard may not be here with Cruise News, but you can still find it every day, Monday through Friday, Cruise News Today on the YouTube channel or just opposite of this podcast. Sanithia just returned from a seven-night cruise aboard Disney Fantasy, and she joins us on the line. How you doing? Thank you. It's uh, great to be a guest on the show, longtime listener, and finally getting a chance to give a review about one of the cruises I've taken. Well, before we get to the ship itself, we'll take a step back. You're in the Maryland area. What made you want to take this seven night on fantasy? Well, my son graduated college this year, and we asked him what did he want to do for vacation, and he said he wanted to go on a cruise. So because we had not taken a vacation in the last two years, we thought that we would do something a little bit special. So that led us to um, booking a cruise on on the Disney Fantasy. Nice. So you make your way down to Port Canaveral to board Disney Fantasy. How was the embarkation process? It went very smoothly. We flew into Orlando and... Um, we took the Disney transfer over to the pier, and once we got there and did our check-in, we were probably on the ship within uh, no more than 20 minutes. Wow. Okay. That's really fast. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty smooth. Now, is your family a Disney cruise family? No, this was our first Disney cruise. My husband and I, we've taken a dozen or so cruises, mm-hmm. um, but this is the first time we've, we've, we've done Disney. All right, so you make your way on board Disney Fantasy. What were your first impressions? First walk in, of course, Disney does that announcement where they announce your family uh, boarding the ship. You were just given this warm welcome, and you know we walked into uh, the huge atrium, which was gorgeous, and we had Mickey and Goofy greeting us and waving and. I knew we were in for a great experience. Good to hear. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book for this seven-night cruise? And what did you think about it throughout the week? We booked a veranda. And when we got to the room, uh, first thing I noticed that it was a little bit larger than most cruise ships. We typically book a veranda or or balcony. um, But this stateroom was a little bit larger. Very, very clean. The three of us, um, was my husband and myself and my son, we felt like we had enough room. We were not bumping into each other. Disney does have the two bathrooms, which worked out really, really well. Having three adults in the cabin, so uh, that was really great. And we had an amazing stateroom attendant uh, that kept everything nice and tidy for us. Also, whenever she saw us in the hallway, she spoke to us. She called us all three of us by our names. So it was a great experience as far as um, the stateroom is concerned. 
Disney leaves no stone unturned. And that goes all the way down to the stateroom cabins. And I, I travel with a lot of gear. And I came back to my stateroom and all of my cords were neatly wrapped with this Velcro wrapping thing. And it was like, a, it was a nice touch. Nope. They go a little bit, a little bit above and beyond. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about dining on this seven night cruise. Of course, Disney has rotational dining where you bounce between the three dining rooms. So uh, let's just start at the first dining room. Talk about your experience there. Then we'll go to the next one. And then the third one. Okay. So we had late dining and our first rotation was was the royal court and each night you know wherever we dined the food was incredible everything was gourmet for my husband and I we felt like they had a very very nice selection of choices my son who he doesn't really eat seafood felt like he did not have a lot of options because they had you know steak on the menu every night seafood on the menu every night they did have some other dishes, but I guess they just did not appeal to him that much. So he felt like he needed to eat steak most of the time. And he's like, oh, I want something other than steak. I want, I mean, you're complaining about having steak every night, but right. anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, as far as my husband and I, we are not as picky. Mm-hmm. Um, we felt that the dining, the, the options were fantastic. Everything was, was really well done, tasted really well. And you know, I don't eat at five-star restaurants on a regular basis, but uh, on the occasions that I have, in comparison, I would say it was as good or better uh, than on land. The second of our rotation was the Enchanted Garden, which was very nice. I like the feel and the look of that particular dining room. Same thing with food options. And then our third rotation was animators palette which you know they have you know the little show with little inter- entertainment going on with um, animators palette because this was a seven night cruise we went to each dining room twice and i have to say i actually enjoyed animators palette the second time we went they had you know they did a different type of entertainment so to speak um when we went the second time but i like what they did the second time a little bit better than I did the first time. Um, and what made our dining experience just over the top was our server and our assistant server. They were amazing. They were great. When we, you know, after the first night, they kind of got an idea of you know, what we wanted to drink. So, um, you know, following nights, they had you know, what we wanted to drink. It was there. It was ready for us. Even able to kind of pick up on what we order like what they thought we would like for you know the main dish as well as the dessert and interestingly one night we ordered another dessert and our server said I really think you're gonna like this dessert better you probably want to try this one Mm -hmm. and we're like no no no. we think we want this one and he's like you know what I'm gonna bring this out for you anyway and you know he was right (laughs) he was right when we got the uh, you know the other dessert that he suggested it was amazing. And we was like, oh, my gosh, this is you know really delicious. And so the service were just they were above and beyond um, with their service and just being in tune with you as a guest, um, which you know, just made the experience much more delightful. Any other food venues you hit? We'll get to the buffet in just a moment. But like poolside or anything like that? There were some, I want to say fast food, I guess, but mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, but right near the, you know, the pool area, we did go there for lunch um, several times. 
and that food was really great as well. You know, they had the burgers, pizza, hot dogs, tacos, those types of things. I will say, though, that the chicken tenders were amazing. Probably some of the best chicken tenders I've, I've, I've ever had. And my son, who is a chicken tender connoisseur, was like, these are really, really good. You got to get some of these. So even their short order, I guess, uh, food was, was well prepared. It was really good as well. The buffet on Disney Fantasy is called Cabanas. How was it up there, this sailing? I enjoyed the buffet, especially for breakfast. One of the things I usually do on a cruise is is get always get an omelet um, because I'm not very good at making them myself. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, half the one who can make an omelet, I'm gonna I'm going to get one. And I like the way that they do the omelets. You know, you walk up, you place your order, and you just tell them where you're sitting, and they bring it out to you. You don't have to wait in this long line uh, to place your order. Um, so I, I love the way that they did that. You know, why after you place your order you can go grab some other things that you want and then take your seat and and they just bring it out to you when it's ready for breakfast you have anything that you would want for breakfast and even uh, a couple mornings I asked for so the first day we boarded they had biscuits so I was looking for them the next day and they didn't have them and then I asked again the following day and they didn't have them and they was like you know what we will have them for you tomorrow and for sure they just said just come here ask for them, we'll have them for you. And the next day, I went up for breakfast. I asked, I was supposed to get some biscuits this morning, and they had the biscuits right there ready for me, more biscuits than I could eat alone. Um, So I, of course, shared them with the rest of my family. (laughs) So if you don't want something, they might be able to get it for you. So um, so they were amazing, and and Cabanas is what it's called Mm -hmm. for lunch. There would be no reason for you not to find anything or something that you could eat because they had uh, just a huge variety of different foods to select from. So uh, you were hungry on this cruise because you don't like food. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> because they had they had everything. Like I said, if you wanted the more short order type of food that was available out around the pool area, but if you wanted something you know, more of a sit down, eat quick, um, something not cooked quickly, I guess I should say. They had all of those options as well um, on their buffet, as well as fruit, uh, okay. fresh fruit and salad. Nice. Well, let's talk about the entertainment on this seven night cruise. Of course, Disney is known for their stage shows. How was everything? Their shows were fantastic. Second to none. The first night, they didn't have a show in the main theater, but the second night um, we were on, they performed Aladdin, which all of us, we really enjoyed. The second uh, night they did Frozen and they did a fantastic job with that. And my son will never admit it, but he loved it. He loved Frozen. He thought it was very well done. And then they had like a variety show where they kind of did had several of the Disney characters performing and I can't remember what they called it, but it was a piece of like several characters coming out performing different parts of a parts in the, um, in the show. And then they also had an illusionist who was a contestant on America's Got Talent that was on the show. And he was really, really good Had the audience involved, brought them up on stage. 
um, just did some mind-blowing things for his act. How about the entertainment around the ship? I know Disney Fantasy, I guess all the Disney ships have that adults-only area or music around the ship, uh, light music, piano, bands, anything like that? Yes, we we did not spend a lot of time in the adult area, and we don't usually sit out near the pool on cruise ships for whatever reason. Usually we have a balcony, and if we want to sit outside, we usually sit out on our balcony. Mm-hmm. But they had musicians. I know they had a singer and a pianist were playing in some parts of the ship because you could hear them even if you were not there watching them perform. You could actually hear them. And that's really all I remember. I don't remember too much more other than those one or two performers uh, throughout the ship. Yeah, gotcha. So how were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? So the ship was full, but it didn't seem like it. Um, the only time that it felt really crowded was on the first day, of course, because everyone gets on the ship. They go up to the buffet and you struggle a little bit to find a seat. But other than that, I would not have guessed that the ship was full because it never felt like it. I never felt like it was overcrowded anywhere or really long lines or waiting for anything. So it did not feel crowded at all. So sea days felt it did not feel full, I guess I should say. And sea days are, you know, a great part, for, at least for us, a great part of our vacation because we feel like that's the day where we can really, really relax, which is, you know, a major part of going on a vacation is to relax a little bit. So we, we love sea days. And on sea days, I typically spend a lot of time, you know, after I wake up and eat, I usually spend a little bit of time out on the balcony just, you know, just reading or just looking looking out into the water. So these days were good days to relax. And like I said, if you wanted to be out and about on the ship, it did not seem like the ship was full. Yeah, there's something tranquil about sitting on the balcony on a sea day. Yes. Yeah, definitely. One of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not a casino on Disney cruise ships, so we'll go right into your ports of call. So let's talk about your ports of call. And what we'll do here is give me the port of call, give me a highlight, then we'll go to the next one. But uh, let's go out of the gate here. I know this was your first time on Disney. So what did you think of Castaway Key? Oh, man. Castaway Key was awesome. That was our favorite stop, of course. And we enjoyed everything about it. It was a combination activity that we did. We did biking and then snorkeling. So, you know, we first got off the ship. We went out, got our bikes, rode them around the portion of the island that, you know, you're allowed to ride. You know, we made a few stops. They had some observation places, and we would stop at those to get some photographs. And then we came back, grabbed our snorkeling gear, and we went out snorkeling probably for close to two hours. We were out in the water because it was just so enjoyable and relaxing. There were plenty of beach chairs to find. Um, it, you know, you were not like searching, searching for a beach chair. So nothing felt overcrowded um, being there on the island with mostly, of, if not everyone, off the ship. So it was definitely our favorite stop. With the two hours snorkeling you did, did you do the underwater statues? My son did. My husband and I did not venture out that far, but my son went, uh, he went out as far as you could go, I believe. He came back telling us about everything. So he, he took full advantage of the snorkeling. Uh, my husband and I stayed a little bit 
close to shore. Mm-hmm. I, I can swim, but I get a little bit uncomfortable in open water. So uh-huh. I don't think he didn't want to leave me behind. So he kind of <laughs> hung around where I was. Uh, well, but my son went out. He, he was telling us about everything that he saw. So he, he enjoyed that opportunity to the fullest. Yeah, well, good for your son because he, he has some strong lungs to do that. That's a that's a <laughs> yes. that's a haul swimming out that far beat me slap out as well um huh. so did you actually go down to the adult speech for a, a steak lunch we did not no we grabbed our snorkeling gear we asked about going over to that side to snorkel but they said the snorkeling wasn't as they recommended we not so once we started snorkeling over on the family beach side we we stayed over there we didn't we didn't go back over. We stopped over there when we were doing our bike ride just to check it out. Mm-hmm. And we thought we were going to go back, but we had gotten settled over at the family beach. And like I said, it wasn't overly crowded. And it also was not as many kids on this cruise as I thought there would be. There were nice. a lot adult-only cruisers, um, which I was a little bit surprised. I was expecting to see um, more kids on the cruise than than there were. So we just decided to stay over on the family side, um, and we ate over at one of the dining places over on that side. Gotcha. Cool. On the family side. What port in the Western Caribbean did you go to? Well, our first stop was Cozumel, and we just did a beach break, an all-inclusive beach break. That was really great. They had a playground, I guess, a inflatable play area, I guess. Mm-hmm. You could call it out in the ocean um, that you could go and enjoy that. But they also had a pool area with um, with the slide and all of that. You could take those aqua bikes out or you could kayak out or they had someone that would take you out on a pontoon boat. And all of that was included in the price that we paid for the excursion. So we, we enjoyed it. It was it was really great. Um, they had an all you can eat uh, buffet. And drinks was all included. So it was a nice little beach break. Nice. And then what was next? Next was Grand Cayman. And I'd never been to Grand Cayman before. And when I searched on Disney's site looking for an excursion, I didn't really see anything that I wanted to do because most of their excursions were, you know, swimming with dolphins or stingrays or something like that. And that's not what we really wanted to do. Typically, when we go to an island for the first time, we like to get a little bit of feel for what the culture is like and kind of see the island. Mm -hmm. So we ended up booking that particular excursion through another vendor and we did the Grand Cayman Hell and Turtle Farm. And then we also saw some other highlights as well. Um, Since it was just us and two other families, it was a very small tour. So I felt, I think the tour guide maybe did a little bit extra for us because we were not a large group. And he was a great tour guide. He was awesome. So our trip to Grand Cayman for the first time was, was very nice. I enjoyed it. Very nice and clean island as well. Very cool. And then the next port of call, so you did three in the Western Caribbean. What was the last one? Jamaica. Okay. And how was that? And this was our first time visiting Jamaica. And we did, this excursion was through Disney. Um, we did the Greenwood Great House and Highlights of Falmouth. That was just a tour around the island, just seeing some of the the main sites of Falmouth. So that was, it was a pretty good tour. We enjoyed that as well. Really, really good tour guide for that one. Uh, She was hilarious along with all of her information and knowledge about the island as well. 
So it seems like y'all really like to get immersed in the local culture. So out of all of these that you went to in the Western Caribbean, which one was your favorite? I would have to say Grand Cayman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Grand Cayman. Okay. So you make your way back to Port Canaveral. How was your debark process? I really like the way that Disney does their um, debarkation. What they do is they give you an assigned restaurant and time uh, for breakfast. And you go to that restaurant to have your breakfast. And when you finish your breakfast, you get off the ship. Um, <laughs> so um, there was a bit of a line to get out off the ship out through customs. So that did take a little bit of time. But once we you know, got through customs, we took the Disney transfer back over to the airport. Very cool. So you just flew out the same day then as you debarked? No, like yes. first time? Okay. Very cool. Well, looking back, since this was your very first time sailing Disney Cruise Lines, do you have any tips to offer? Well, I would definitely say take the Disney transfer, um, especially you know if you're cruising Disney out of Port Canaveral, because the port is about an hour away from Orlando's airport. And that made things uh, very easy with the transportation uh, and getting over to the port. And I would also, as soon as you can register online, do your online registration, do it because things tend to book up very, very quickly before they're, they're sold out. So let's say, you know, as soon as you're able to do that, make sure you jump online and you do that. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise overall throughout the seven days? Well, definitely getting some time to relax. I'm a teacher. So after a long school year, it's just you know, great to get away and just have some me time and some just time to not have to worry about doing anything. And then, you know, celebrating my son, you know, finishing his four years of, of college. I know he was happy to just be able to relax and not have to worry about any assignments and anything like that. And then I'm going to say, getting an opportunity to visit Grand Cayman and Jamaica because we've like I said, we've cruised, you know, a dozen or more times, but those are the two islands that we had never had an opportunity to to see. So it was it was great to get those two islands uh, off our list because we had been wanting to to cruise to those two places for some time now. We've been talking with Sanithia about her seven night cruise on Disney Fantasy. Thank you so much for sharing the review. Oh, you are so welcome. This has been great. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio.
If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.